I serve Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, can we welcome Jesus right now? Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you to help us have the right perspectives about life and how to deal with life and how to look at life. Lord, we ask you to come. Meet us right where we're at and feed us today, strengthen us today. We leave here today full of your grace and your life and your strength. We worship you, we praise you, and everybody agrees. Said, Amen. Isn't that that piano is just oh, it's just life to me. It's life. Give it up for the worship team today. Hey, welcome to week two, a little series we're doing called Grow. Uh, if you weren't here last week, uh, you can go YouTube, watch last week's service. I highly encourage you. Um, it's a great, great Sunday. Hey, go with me to Matthew. We're going to kind of be all over the place today. Matthew chapter 9, uh, just a quick recap from last week. Matthew chapter 9, verse 16 said, this is Jesus, and who would mend worn out clothing with new fabric? When the new clothes shrink, it will rip making the hole worse than it was before. Verse 17, and who would pour fresh wine into an old wineskin? Eventually the wine will ferment, making the wineskin burst, losing everything. The wine is spilled and the wineskin is ruined. Instead, new wine is always poured into a new wineskin so that both are preserved, okay? Last week we talked about Jesus is showing us a couple different truths. And the first truth was that he's showing us that the old law and new grace don't mix together, okay? Old law and new grace don't mix together. And this is so important because we all love the grace of God. We all love the grace of God, but we're all humans, and humans love man's orders, okay? You can see it in the earth right now, okay? Humans love to take orders. And so the law was a set of orders, and so Sometimes in church life, we like to try to mix old law, old perspectives, old thinking with new grace. And Jesus is going, these two things don't work together, okay? The second thing that Jesus was showing us was this, is that he wanted us to stay fresh, okay? He wanted our hearts to stay fresh, okay? Um, I don't want this to ever happen. I'm just kind of speaking from my heart right now. I've been in church my entire life. I mean, like, my entire life. And I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes some of the meanest, saddest, grumpiest people I've ever met were in church. And I just... Didn't understand that. And and can I just be honest with you, especially as a kid growing up in church? Listen, I want the kids in Elevate Church to grow up seeing adults that are full of life and full of joy and that are happy and they're excited about serving the Lord and they're excited about church and they're excited about the things of God. That's how we will raise up a generation. 
It was such a drastic contrast for me growing up in church. I, I saw the actual opposite of that. And it caused me to question things. You see where I'm going? Okay. So we have to make sure that we keep our heart fresh. Now, next Sunday is Christmas at the movies, but it is also my wife Jessica's 40th birthday. Next Sunday, on next Sunday. Okay? And we were in the car the other day, and she said, I don't feel like I'm 40. I'm like, amen. Amen. I don't feel like I'm 41. Amen. Right? Life's always perspective. The older we get, we have to make choices. How do we see ourselves? How are we going to interact with what God's doing? Because this is the trouble in church also. The trouble is, well, God did it that way. God used to do it this way. And I liked how God used to do it that way. And I don't like how God's doing it this way now. And this new generation doesn't get it. Amen? Yeah, Got to keep ourselves young at heart and trusting the Lord. So the Lord wants us to be fresh, okay? And he calls us to be what? He calls us to be salty, okay? He wants us to be salty. The other day, um, we had staff meeting and uh, we were decorating, and so we ordered out some food, and we got Jets pizza. Anybody got Jets pizza before? Oh, it is good stuff, okay? And so we ordered some Jets pizza, and I like something salty when I'm eating pizza. Anybody else with me? Okay. So I'm like rooting around the church, okay? I'm like, there's got to be some chips somewhere in the church, you know what I mean? And so I'm like going through the cupboards, and I finally find this box of chips. I'm like, yes, found them found a bag of Lay's chips. Who are Lay's chips fan? Okay, I love Lay's chips, okay? Pop those things open, put one in my mouth, and it was like eating a brick, okay? <laughs> I was just, oh, you know that feeling? It's lost all its flavor. It's hard. And you know what's interesting about that? Is that like instantaneously, I become a four-year-old, and I'm like, I want to spit this out right, right now. You know what I mean? Because it's lost its flavor. It's hard. It's, it's, it's no good anymore, okay? Now, we all know this, that there's nothing like, for me at least, there's nothing like a fresh bag of chips, especially like on a Sunday, watching football, Pop a bag of chips, man, that bag will be gone by the end of, by the end of Sunday. Kind of get an amen from any of the men in the house, okay? So, why? Because it's fresh. It's flavorful. It's salty. It's good, okay? So Jesus calls us to be fresh. He talks about that being a fresh wineskin. He also talks to us being salty. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 says, your lives are like salt, Salt, salt. Remember when I was talking about inviting people to Christmas at the movies? Your lives. He didn't say Pastor Jeff's life. He didn't say pastor's lives. He didn't say evangelist's lives. He said your lives. Your lives are salt, meaning you're supposed to be salty in this earth, okay? Among people, among the people of the earth, okay? But if you, like salt, become bland, how can your saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt, 
Have any of you had that like diet salt before or like the, I don't know. It's like, it's like, what is it, Jess? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, like low, so- anybody had low sodium salt before? It's garbage. This is the worst. Like burn it all, you know? I'm sorry. <laughs> Flavorless salt is good for nothing. It'll be thrown out and trampled on by others. Okay, a few things about salt. Salt makes food better. Amen? I was at Thanksgiving, and I took a bite of the mashed potatoes, and I was like, I need about a pound of salt in this thing right now, okay? I need, I need some flavor in these, okay? Now, here's the other thing about when we're salty for Jesus, when we are salty people, when that means what? We're full of joy, we're full of life, we're full of peace, we're full of grace. When we're salty people, guess what? We make the world better. You make the world better. So I picked some words, and I'm going to go through them, and I want you to see how you can make the world better. So like the word joy. Do you know that joy is contagious? Listen, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the last uh, few weekends, I've just made an effort to be out in the lobby before service, after service, greeting people, talking to people, looking at your face, shaking hands, okay? Now, could you imagine... If I came up to you in the, in the lobby and I was like, this is the worst day ever. Why are we even here today? We could be doing so many other things. I'm so tired. Let's just go home. You'd be like, awesome. Great. It's going to be an awesome day at church today, right? But when I say, hey, good morning. We love you. I'm so excited you're here. How's your family? I'm high-fiving your kids. You look really nice. I like your sweater. Even though I hate Matt's sweater, his cat sweater, okay? What, what, what does that do? It's contagious. Isn't it contagious? Like, if you'll smile, somebody else will smile, right? Joy is contagious. How about Grace. Has anybody ever rebuked you for having grace? No. People love grace. When you give grace, when you give grace to your coworkers, you give grace to your boss, you give grace to your spouse, you give grace. People always receive grace. Or how about, how about love? How about love? You know what I know about love? Love destroys evil. Love destroys evil. So, all these issues in our society, all these issues in culture, all these issues in the world, what does it truly need? It needs the love of Jesus. We got to be salty, full of love, full of grace. How about peace? I know this about, I know this about, um, about our staff. When I'm stressed out, frustrated, and angry, Guess who else is stressed out, frustrated, and angry? Our staff. When I have peace, joy, and love, guess who else has peace, joy, and love? Our staff. Right? Last one. Goodness. You know, the Bible said it isn't the anger of God that leads people to Christ, but it's the goodness of God. 
your goodness, your good acts, your deeds, your willingness to be a blessing to the world, okay, will lead people to Jesus. But the question is that Jesus was asking, what do we do if we're no longer salty? Wonder if we're like, I'm not salty. I am like an old wineskin. My heart is hard. What do we do? So point number one today is this. We have to change our thought life, okay? Number one is we have to change our thought life. Philippians chapter four. Go with me to Philippians chapter four. Verse four says this. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow. Now, we all like, amen, pastor. That's a good word. We're all in church. It's, it's a, we have these beautiful stars up, it's Christmas trees. We just had great worship. We're like, yes, I celebrate that. Yes. But how does it feel on Tuesday at three o'clock? You know, how does it feel on Thursday at one o'clock? Are you still singing the same joy? Are you still having the same praise come out of you? Verse five. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for the Lord is near. Verse six. Don't be pulled in different directions, worried about things, but be steadfast in prayer throughout each day, offering faith-filled requests before God, overflowing with gratitude. I love that combination. It says give faith-filled requests. So if I'm giving a faith-filled request, that typically means that I'm believing and trusting God for something that I don't have. But did you see the end of it? It said give that request with what? Gratitude. Meaning that we have the ability to say, Lord, I do not possess this today. I'm standing in faith, but I thank you today. Today in the day that I don't have this, I thank you, God, that I do have this in Jesus' name. And I'm grateful that you are with me. And I'm grateful that you have my back and you're in my team and you're on my boat. And I thank you, God, that I will have it. Amen? That's a good word, right? Okay. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Keep your thoughts consistently fixed on all that is authentic, real, honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, and kind, and fasten your thoughts in every glorious work of God, praising him always. Can my guys help me real quick, okay? So I'm, I'm bringing my guys up here for a second because they're going to help me do something this morning, okay? So... I, uh, I grew up in Glad Tidings Church, okay? Glad Tidings Church in the 80s and the early 90s, okay? Um, I, I think, you know, on a good day at my church, you know, there might have been 200 people. It was a small community. It was a community church. Um, but we had a rocking worship team, and, and, and they always sang this song. I mean, always sang this song, this one song that they would sing. Um, it was called, uh, This Is The Day. How many of you remember this song, This Is The Day? So on Monday morning, I woke up 
And I had that song in my heart. I woke up that morning, and, I, and, and we had a long week, and, and so I woke up Monday morning, and I just had it in my heart. And I was like, this is the day. I'm like washing my hair. This is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day. Put your hands together. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Wow, that was incredible. You will never forget this Sunday. <laughs> How do you remember that song? I'd be like, again? This song again? Every Sunday we sing this song. Pastor Marvin, get up there. We're glad Titans Church. We're full of gladness, you know? Be like, I'm not full of gladness. We sing this song every week. <laughs> Did you know that being joyous and cheerful is a choice? It's a choice. It's a, it's a listen, I, I, can, I can assure you my body did not feel that way last Monday. But you know what? Your choice can change the way you feel. I, I just started singing that song on Monday. I, did, I, just, I literally just started singing it in my head. It was in my head all day. And it just gave me strength. And it gave me life. And I just, I was singing it in the car. I, I was just singing it all day. And you know what's so interesting about that is that it just took my eyes off of all the things, all the to-do lists, all the stuff that was going on, and it just refocused me back on Jesus. Amen? So sometimes we have to fix our thoughts because here's the deal. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says this. We know that God causes everything, everything, to work together, everything, meaning what? The good, the bad, the ugly, okay? Because we're going to face it all. We're going to go through all of it, okay? But the Lord says this. He's going to use everything to work together for the good of those who love God. 
If you're in here today and you love God, if you're online and you're you're watching and you love God, if you love Jesus, you love God, he makes a promise to you. You should write this verse down. You should be quoting this verse. You should be speaking this verse. You should be reminding the Lord, Lord, you told me that you would use everything that's going on in my life, every situation, every moment, every trial, every moment, you're going to use it all for my good. That's your promise. They're called according to his purposes for them. Sometimes we gotta change our thought life. We gotta fix our thoughts on heavenly things. Amen? The second thing we gotta change in our thought life is this. It's not a second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Verse three through five, we are humans, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture those rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So sometimes we get what we call a stronghold in our thought life. And and the question is, well, what is a stronghold? A stronghold is this, and you can write this down if you want. A stronghold is a well-crafted lie from demonic powers. Strongholds in our thought life are well-crafted lies from demonic powers. I'll give you an example. We were going into this season that we were in a few months ago, okay? And every time I thought about this season, about the end of the year, about Christmas, about this, you know, November, December, I just saw lack. We had crown coming, and, and that, was a, that was a big deal. And it was amazing. Crown was incredible. I can't tell you how many... Uh, moms, women told me how they were impacted and changed and how special it was. But it's a big, big, big ordeal. You know, somebody asked me, they're like, why are you charging $49? I'm like, you don't even know the money that I'm putting into this. I put in $10,000 on our own just to make the price what it was, to make it $49. Cause it's a big production. And so we had Crown coming, we have Christmas at the movies, we have, you know, end of year, I bless the staff at the end of the year, we had, we had this, you know, insane water bill, all of a sudden we had this water leak and there's water running everywhere, and every time I started thinking about this season, I started thinking about lack, I started thinking about what I didn't have, what I didn't possess, what I needed. And isn't it interesting how the enemy will always get us to look at what we don't possess? He's always fixated on us, fixating our thoughts on what we don't possess, what I don't have at the current moment. Now, how many of you know this? If my thoughts are fixed on things like this, like this, like how God How many times do you ask God that? How, God? How, God? 
how God, how are you going to do this, God? How God, or when your thoughts are like, when God, when God, when are you going to do this? Don't you see the timing? Don't you see that I need this right now? When God, right? Or you might think this, um, do you see God that I'm in need? It's almost like we have this perspective sometimes. I have this perspective sometimes. Like, like God, don't you see that I'm drowning over here? Don't you see that I need help over here? Or God, do you hear me? How many times have you thought, I am wasting my breath right now. I am wasting my time. God, do you you hear me? And, And when our thoughts are in a stronghold, right? A stronghold. My thoughts were in a stronghold of lack. My, my thoughts were in a stronghold of when, how. God, I don't see it. God, I don't see your timing. God, I'm, now I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting angry. When, when, when all of that is happening, how many of you know it is really hard to have joy? Oh, it is really hard to have joy. You are not singing. You are like, you're singing, this is the worst. This is the worst. This is God. I can't believe you let me go like this. This is the worst. You know, you're singing everything else other than this is the day, right? It is so hard. And so the enemy will get our thoughts into this stronghold, okay? But there's a part that we play with God. And I think this is um, just what I would call just like one of those false truths that a, a lot of people grew up in church thinking like, it's all on God. Everything's on God. See, there is a part that we must play with God to see God's blessing, favor, provision in our life, okay? It is not all on him. There is, there is a part that we play, but there is a very real part that is him. This is why his name is Jehovah Jireh, okay? I remember that song, Jehovah Jireh. We'll bring the band back up. We'll, we'll start singing Jehovah Jireh on that, okay? He's Jehovah Jireh. What, what does that mean? It means this. The Lord will provide. That's his name. That's his name. And he only has that name because that's his nature and that's his character. So he has the name Jehovah Jireh. I am the Lord that will provide. So then what is my part? What is your part in this idea of strongholds in seeing God provide, in seeing God work on our behalf? Well, I'll show it to you. Knock down strongholds of human reasoning, destroying false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture, here it is, we capture rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So my job is to do what? Recognize the lie. Your job, recognize the lie. And I'll tell you how you'll recognize the lie, because you'll have no peace. When, when you think about when the lie comes, whatever the lie is, whatever that well-crafted lie is for you, for your family, for your job, for your future, for your kids, whatever that lie is, when that lie comes, you will have no peace. 
and you'll know this is demonic. This is not from heaven. This is not the voice of my father. This is not the voice of the shepherd. There's no peace in my heart. So once I recognize what the lie is, then what do I have to do? I have to capture that lie and replace that lie. Right? I have to capture the lie and then replace the lie with what? Truth. I have to replace it with truth. And and I'll give you an example of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter four, okay? He is, uh, he's being tempted by the enemy, right? And, And Jesus just didn't look at the enemy and go, hey, just leave, just leave. No, he said, no, man doesn't live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, the, even Jesus quoted scripture to the devil, right? He was, Jesus was taken captive of the lie, right? The prince of lies. He was taken captive of his lie and replacing it with what? Truth. So I had to find truth, okay? So I found truth in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, and it says this. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace. I'm like, amen. I'll take that. I will take being overwhelmed by God's grace and goodness. That is, that is for me, so that you will have more than enough for everything. Thank you, Jesus. I was like, yes. I will have more than enough to do everything you've called me to do. Every moment and every day, he will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. So, okay, so I had to lie. I had to capture the lie, replace it with the truth of the word of God, and then guess what I had to do? I had to start praying and saying stuff like this. I started praying, thank you, God, that when Whatever you call me to do, whatever you call me to do, if that means you've called me to be a better husband, if that means you've called me to be a better dad and spend more time with my kids, uh, if you've called me to love and care for the people of the church in a greater way, God, if, if it's money that we need every single month for, for the church and our monthly needs for the church, if it's me counseling people, leading people, personal things that I need, like, okay, so like Thursday, I took my car, my sweet Honda Pilot that I've driven for 13 years, guys. It has 320,000 miles on it. I took that thing to Honda, okay? They called me on Thursday afternoon, and he goes, do you got a minute? And I was like, yeah, I got a few minutes. He goes, no, 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 like, do you have a minute, like a few minutes? And I was like, sure. And he talked to me for 20 minutes, about everything wrong with my sweet Honda Pilot, okay? And I, I'm finally at the end, I go, just tell me how much. And he was like, you sure you want to know? I was like, just tell me. He was like, we're probably looking at $11,000. And I was like, well, praise the Lord. God is good, you know, <laughs> right? So I started, I started praying this. I started praying this. Thank you, God, whatever I need. For whatever you've called me to in this life, I thank you, God, that if you've called me to it, you'll grace me for it. Amen? So I had to capture that thought, replace it with the truth of the word of God. And then I guess what I had to do? I had to start declaring. I had to start declaring. I had to use my mouth. 
and declare, God, whatever you've called me to do, whatever you're leading me to do, whatever you're showing me to do, then you will grace me to do it. Your declaration is so important in seeing God's favor and blessing flow in your life. We have to ask ourselves, am I saying words like, I hurt, I'm tired, I hate my job, um, I've just lost my love for him or her, I don't understand, I don't have enough, I'm scared about that bill, that doctor's report, that season, my kids are just crazy in the season. You have to start asking yourself, what am I declaring? What am I declaring? What am I declaring about my life? What am I declaring about my future? What am I declaring about my kids? What am I declaring over me? The Lord challenged me with this. He said, I want you to start paying attention. And sometimes for me, paying attention means I have to write stuff down, okay? So the Lord said to me, I want you to start paying attention to the words that come out of your mouth when you're stressed. when I'm stressed, when the pressure's on, when I feel anxiety, what words come out of my mouth? Usually there are a lot of four-letter words that aren't very good, okay? (laughs) And they're not nice, right? They're not wholesome. Lord asked me, he said, what are the words that are coming out of your mouth when you're tired? When you're tired. Isn't it interesting that David fell to Bathsheba because what? He was tired. He came home from the battlefield. He was tired. He was worn out. This isn't in my notes, but can I, can I just speak to, I want to speak to really to all the men in here right now, to all the men. Be careful when you're tired. Be careful when you're tired. That's when the enemy will sneak in. That's when the enemy will bring lustful feelings. That's when the enemy will capture your thoughts, when you're tired. Be careful when you're tired. I've I've had to teach myself that when I'm tired, the best thing I can do is go to bed. Sometimes it's the most holy thing I can do. Amen? Sometimes the most holy thing you can do is go, I'm just going to go to bed right? I'm not going to give the enemy this opportunity to play with my thought life. I'm just going to go to bed. I'm going to sleep. The spirit of the Lord is going to refresh me as I sleep, and I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be able to face the day. Amen? Right? What comes out of your mouth when you're disappointed? What's coming out? What are you declaring? I, I want to challenge you. Look at 22. Look at 22. Our pastors in Michigan had this. It wasn't their saying, but they would say this all the time. They would always say, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. They would say that at the end of service every single weekend. Uh, They would say, Valley Family Church, the best is yet to come. What are you declaring going into 22? Is it going to be the best year of your life? I'm declaring it's going to be the best year of my life. I'm declaring it's going to be the most fruitful year of my life. I'm declaring it's going to be the best year for my kids. I'm declaring, I'm declaring, I'm declaring, God, whatever you call me to in 22, you have graced me for it. You've strengthened me for it. That you've already given me provision. That's what I'm believing. I'm believing that whatever I face in 22, 
I called Jess about the car the other day. I was like, you know, told her the whole scenario. And she said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know, but I got a piece. I said, I don't know, but I got a piece because I know the Lord will provide. He always has and he always will. Amen. It's, it's what are you declaring? At that moment, I could, have, I could have told her how angry I was. I could have told her how frustrated I was. I could have said, I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to face this challenge. But I chose in that moment to say, no, I declare, I declare with just simple words. Just simple words. It's going to be fine. I have a peace. The Lord is with us. Worship team, come, come up. Galatians chapter 6. Verse seven. This is really good. Can we ha- do we have it on the screen at all? All right. I want I want us to go through this together. Okay. Don't be mistaken. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest. Harvest. The Lord is talking about harvesting. He's talking about in the terms of natural life. He's going, you will always harvest what you plant. Next one. Next part. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest, harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from, a, from the life of spirit. So here's, here's what I want to show you today. So don't, so let's not get tired. I love this word right here. Let's not get tired. Tired of what? Doing good. The word says, don't get tired of doing good. Don't get tired. Don't get tired of declaring. See, that's what faith is. Faith is in these moments where it's actually going the opposite way. Don't get tired of declaring. He says, don't get tired of doing good. Because at the right time, you'll harvest blessing if what? You don't give up. Can I just speak to somebody today? Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on the business. Don't give up on your future. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on that word that God spoke to you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Last night, I got the honor to do Mel Cheney's wedding. I met Mel Cheney back in 2016 when the church first started. It was super small. When we had our grand reopening at the Edge Teen Center, we were believing for 100 new people. I remember that. Spaniacs, you were with us. We were believing for 100 new people. And we had one. We had one new person that day. And it was Mel Cheney. And she was with us from the beginning. And back in in 2017, 
You know how sometimes I'll just have a word for somebody in the middle of service and you'll be like, that was random. Where did that come from? Well, I had this word from Mal in the middle of service. And this was what the word said. The word said, you've been so faithful. God has the exact man for you in your future. There is nothing to worry about. And this was in 2017. And I remember, I remember that Sunday after service. She was just sobbing. She was like, I just feel like God's forgotten about me. I feel like God has just forgotten about her. Her greatest desire was to find her husband and start her family. And she's like, I just, I remember that Sunday. She's like, I just, I, I just want to give up. And you know what I told her? I said, don't give up. Don't give up on God. Don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Don't give up. Don't give up, Mel. And I remember I told her that day, I said, there's going to be a day. I don't know when that day is going to come, but there's going to be a day. And I said, I'm going to be standing with you at the altar and I'm going to be marrying you. And it's going to be a joyous celebration. If you don't give up, don't give up on the Lord. Don't look to the world because she was so faithful. You know what I loved about Mel? She could have went on a hundred dating websites. She could have looked at a ton of guys at the bar. She could have went down a thousand different roads to just find a man. But that's not what God said. He said, hold on, wait for me because I have my man. I have my man, the man that I've chosen for you. If you'll hold on, if you'll be faithful, if you'll trust me, hold on. The other day, she sent me that exact word. She had it saved on her phone since 2017. She sent it to me. And last night, we I married Mel McKenzie. And it was the exact man, the exact man that God had. Listen, I understand that sometimes when we don't see our dreams happen in the time frame that we want, we can lose heart. We can lose hope. Sometimes it's years. Sometimes, sometimes the Lord will show me something and I'll get real excited because I'll be like, oh man, this is about to happen. It's going to be so good. And then like six months goes by and then nine months goes by and then 18 months goes by and I'm like, God, where is this? You spoke this. You said this. I hear the Holy Spirit in my heart go, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I spoke that. I meant that. Just keep trusting me. Keep being faithful. Keep holding on to me. Don't give up. In the right time, in the right time, in the right time. See, that was the story of Joseph. In the right time. There was a right time for Joseph. It was a right time for Israel. It was a right time for his brothers. It was a right time for his father. It was a right time. It was God's time. Sometimes you got to hold on for God's time. It's sometimes we think it's all about us. No, God's using our life to be a blessing to the world. So when God's blessing comes to you, it's also going to bless others. It's going to bless your family. It's going to bless your kids. It's going to bless coworkers. It's going to bless everybody. Because at the right time, at the right time, at the right time, Nick, can I just say how proud I am of you? Just so proud of you. 
watched you hold on to God. So many of you don't know, Nick was out of a job for a long time, trusting God, holding on to God, holding on with hope, holding on with him. And God provided just, just a few weeks ago, but it was the right job. It was the right job. And you know what that, this is my favorite part about the story that his boss, he has a few bosses. They said, Nick, we were praying for you. We were praying for you. It had to be the right time. But if you hold on, you hold on to Jesus, you don't give up. He's really good. He's really faithful. Amen? Come on, we stand over.